You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Trip Top C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on one of North America's best metal festivals. And trust me when I say this, people, I have played just about all of them. I've played Wacken, I've played Summer Breeze, I've played Hellfest, I've played Loud Park in Japan, and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I'm super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops podcast. Today's episode is a very special one because I am with a living legend. Here it is. This is Vox and Hops episode number 188 with Sebastian Bach. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Sebastian Bach, who needs absolutely no introduction. How are you doing? Let's start with an easy yet complex question. How have you been coping with 2020? Well, when people say, how have you been doing? My answer is, I've been better. (laughs) I've been better. That's the answer. Um... How am I coping? Um, You know, I I have a home that I love and I'm very fortunate to have like land and nature that I can go outside and I'm not trapped in an apartment. And I don't take that for granted because I know there's millions of people that would do anything just to have a yard that they could go in. So I, I am not taking it for granted, but you know, I, I don't care what your house is like. If you can't leave for seven months, you start going a little cuckoo, you know? Um, (laughs) I mean, when I go mail out t-shirts at the post office, if somebody gets closer to me than six feet, I fucking, like, you know, I feel it. And I bow up and and I get ready to lash out, you know, and I'm pretty good at lashing out. And I've done it. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that but if i am in public and somebody is not giving me my six feet when i'm going out of my way to do that for everybody or wear a mask then i'll be the first one to say put your fucking mask on and i've done it and and it's been crazy but i'm crazy so (laughs) i'm just saying if we if we all have to do this it doesn't there's no point to it unless we all do it. So if I got to do it, you got to do it. <laughs> I agree, dude. And then hats off to you for, for having the, the, the balls to, to be vocal about it. But let me just say, I don't go out hardly ever. I don't, you know, I went to a restaurant once and it became a bad scene because some guy was too close to me. Hmm. And I just said to my wife, I go, I should not be fucking going out right now. I, sh- I shouldn't. I'm not the right guy to be going out, really. I'm, I'm like a caged animal. I go to the <laughs> beach. We go on bike rides around our house, around our neighborhood, hiking uh, on the trails. You know, it's very beautiful. Um, but, dude, I'm born to rock. Um, I'm born to play concerts. I've never lived in a world 
that concerts do, don't exist. N- none of us have because it's never happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, so uh, you know, not to be too stony, but it's like when I listen to the lyrics of 2112 and music is banned and there's no such thing as music. And then he finds a guitar. What could this strange <laughs> device be? I touch it. It gives forth a sound. It's got wires that vibrate. <laughs> it's like that. It's like there's no such thing. And we ha- we're we going to have to go to the government to plead to play rock and roll. And if they don't have a fucking plan, there's no, there's no plan. So... It's like Neil Peart died in the year that music stopped. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's it's so weird, you know. I mean, I'm a real Rush fan, and you guys are in Canada, so I just find it very, very strange that, that concerts are over and they don't exist anymore, and that's when he checks out. Is is That's the story of 2112, you know? Like, music doesn't exist, and there's a federation that controls it. It's a fucking... It's... Ah, I can't... The album should have been called 2020. <laughs> it's surreal. It is it's weird. surreal. I didn't even think of it that way, but that's, you're 100% right. When you, when you say, how do you cope, uh, I am a very serious vinyl record collector and cds but my passion is vinyl that's what i that's what sounds the best to me and like i don't want to mess up my setup here but i kind of like live in a like a little record store fuck it here like i like here's my house right oh shit yeah and i have i have so many records and i gotta tell you that i love myself for (laughs) the way the way i collect I'll go into a used record store. Where in Canada are you? Montreal. Okay, Montreal. Salut. Salut. Salut, salut. Salut, mes amis. (laughs) (laughs) Bonjour, bonjour, Sébastien. (laughs) Right on. So um, the way I collect records, like I read like uh, Eddie Trunk, my friend, he's like, vinyl costs $40 each. I'm like, I can get for 40 bucks as much vinyl as i can carry to the fucking car like depending on the store i'm not looking for the brand new 40 dollar re this re that i want the first pressing that the band made the 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 before anybody else touched it this is what fascinates me and this is what i collect and i have so many records that i like just bought that I didn't even know if I would like or not because they're like a dollar, two dollars at a fucking swap meet or a record meet or, you know, I don't, I, I clean the records too. I, I don't just, I, I, I don't buy them just to have, like I listen to them, I clean them, I have like a spin wash so I can buy a record for a couple bucks used, clean the hell out of it. And as long as it plays, it's it's good for me. I don't, I don't need it to be perfect, but you know, I collect those too, but the point of all what I'm saying is that for years I've bought so many albums and now I'm stuck at home. Now I get to listen to all of them. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling it's cool. It's like a, a typical day for me. Um, usually I have to shoot a cameo. I think you know what those are. That's really put food on the table for my family during this pandemic. It's absolutely crazy. 
It just happened out of nowhere. Um, but I do so many of them that, that, uh, that it's like a real gig, kind of. Um, so, but if I don't have any cameos to do and there's nothing to do and there's been a lot of days like that, like I'll just go through records that I own in, in this room that I've never heard and I'll just discover all these songs. And, you know who I really dig is Gino Vanelli. Yeah, there you go. Another From Montreal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot, a lot of people can talk the talk. Wait, well, I can show you my Gino collection. I have quite the collection. Um, if you're interested, but uh, I have his, his voice is amazing. I love his voice. It's it, his tone. He's a real singer living inside myself. Uh, um, oh, there's so many great songs. Um, he's, he's a great singer. I'd like to, uh, before all this happened, I was like looking in the paper and he was supposed to play at the Sabon theater in Beverly Hills. And I was, I was looking, I had the date circle. I was going to go rock with Gino Vanelli. <laughs> but then Amazing. the world stopped. So. Yeah. <laughs> so ho hopefully I'll have that chance again someday. That would be great. Hopefully that one gets rescheduled. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to see, because he's a real singer. I like real singers. He's a incredible vocalist that's something that's been hard but uh, as you you had the chance to to listen to all these things that you've been purchasing over the years nor normally as a musician we're never home during that's the summer. right and that's here's right. A, you're probably the longest period stretch of time that you've actually been at home that's right and but um you know when i'm on twitter i'll, I'll um i'll hashtag own your media and it's such a great feeling to have like this audio library of the 70s and the 80s 90s up till now sick even before that like i have so many and it's just like a library so if i'm stuck in a place i have fucking thousands of albums dude <laughs> so i know it's crazy but that really has got me through without my record collection i'd be bored out of my fucking mind like but i read a lot of books but you know how exciting is reading a book? You know, I mean, it is, but I mean, <laughs> woohoo! I'm reading a book. <laughs> but I do Com read a lot of books. Compared to standing on a stage and interacting with a crowd, it has a different dynamic. Yes. I can't. I have to comp compartmentalize. I had a full tour booked. Um, we were to yes, play. We were to play the unfortunately named Corona Theater. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> in Montreal. <laughs> um, but what what's what's um, frustrating about it is that you know I've been in a solo band since 1996, and here we are in 2020, and I've toured and I've toured and I've toured. And we finally got to the level of headlining a full theater tour with no clubs. Every show on this tour that was canceled was in a theater, not a, not a club. And if you're a musician, you, you know that that's a certain level that is important. I mean, I like having a bathroom backstage. It's crazy, you know? Uh, <laughs> the little things. <laughs> and that's not so little when you're on the road for three months. I mean, it's <laughs> a big thing. We always got to take a, yeah, got to take a shit before the show. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking a whiz as I'm going to the stage. It's, it's like nerves. I don't, I don't really have Same. to go. 
But I'm Same. like, I'm all fucking freaked out. And I, I gotta, I, and I, I don't even have to go, but I have to go. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't think, I don't, I thought I was the only one. Actually, I'm not, because I'm out, I'm always fighting for the bathroom before the, <laughs> before the gig. Uh, but uh, we finally got to that level, and then everything stopped, and don't even tell me that concerts are going to go ahead with 25% capacity because that sucks. Like, that's not a concert. That's like a... It's like a fucking horrible concert. (laughs) (laughs) You look around like, there's nobody here. Like... No, 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 Sebastian, it's sold out. (laughs) The whole point of a concert is to be shoulder to shoulder with your fucking buddies or or maybe not your buddies but they're gonna be by the end of the show and music brings people together you know uh it's just we live in bizarro world like superman what his enemy bizarro where everything was backwards and opposite that's where that's what we're living in right now everything is backwards and and like opposite so i don't know what to tell you (laughs) <laughs> we have to wait. We have to be patient, and we're going to get there. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Do you have a beer on your side there, Sebastian? Dude, my day is not done right now. Um, I, I don't drink until my day is done. I'm three hours behind you. You are correct. Uh, we can talk about beer, but I still have to finish today's cameo, and I've I've really kind of fucking... I've boxed myself into a corner with these cameos because <laughs> now I'm like singing full songs and shit. So I saw on the Twitter the other day, Dream Police by Cheap Trick turned 40. And then this cameo came in. I go, what's what's the girl's favorite song? She goes, well, she loves Cheap Trick. I go, okay, fuck it. I'll sing Voices by Cheap Trick. And one of my favorite songs. So I spent all day yesterday singing that. But that's a complicated song. There's yeah, your voices, da da da, voices, da da da. That was just what I needed to. So there's all, and I'm like, okay, you fucking said it, Sebastian. You're gonna do the cameo. You're gonna do the ultimate cameo. So. <laughs> So after I'm done with you, I have to make this uh, mix of voices by Cheap Trick. I, I love that song. I love Robin Zander. But, you know, I'm, I'm always um, getting my voice ready to go on tour by singing all the time. And I've never shared that with any fans. And, and I'm, I'm sitting here. Everybody posts bullshit on the Internet. Just garbage. Just, whoa, like, here's my post. <laughs> It's true. Here's me doing it backwards. It's like, who gives a shit about any of this? So I'm like, Sebastian, ding. Why don't you fucking sing, dude? That's like actually what you do. Why don't you sing? So, you know, I don't I don't play the drums. I don't I don't play guitar really. Not good enough. So so I just had this idea. I'm just importing a song into my studio and I'm singing it and and I'm mixing it with my voice louder, but I don't see the difference in that than like when all these fans send me them covering Skid Row songs uh, to karaoke or, um, you know, just singing it into their phone. 
So this is my way kind of, of, of doing that, like, you know, of being like a YouTube guy or something. But people like it, and I, I, I like doing it. I, I, miss, I miss singing, and uh, I'm working on a record, but nobody wants to put a record out in, in this time. Like, it's like throwing it into a fucking black hole. Like, who can, like people are not thinking about that, really. They, they, everybody wants this to end so we can all get back to our normal lives. And I think that's when a, a record should come out. I don't, I just don't, I, 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 it's like when 9-11 happened, when 9-11, the Twin Towers came down, the week or two following that, like rock and roll seemed like, who who cares about rock and roll? Who, like, like it was, it was, Things that were way fucking heavier to think about at that time. And I think with this election coming up, with the world choosing between Donald Trump for four more years or not, it's like it's like so heavy that it's mind blowing. If we have four more years of this asshole, it's it's mind blowing to, to even consider so until november 3rd happens i mean i don't know what if if he gets four more years of this craziness i can't even imagine what the world is going to be like i like as of now americans can't come to canada we can't so what so so we can't go anywhere so Maybe we won't be playing the Corona Theater. Like, like I mean, if I can't come there, how the fuck am I going to play there? Like, th- that's how heavy this is. People are like, Sleepy Joe. I- I'm like, Dummy Dawn. Like, if, 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 if having Joe Biden means that we can get a good night's sleep for the first time in four years, please, Lord, wouldn't that be nice? I, I, I never used to think about this shit. I never ever, when Obama was president, I didn't think about politics. I I thought about rock and roll. That's all I ever thought about. Now rock and roll has been taken away from all of us. All of us. There is no such thing. I don't I don't think that streaming is is the answer. I mean, if that's all you can do, what I don't know what to say. It's not exciting. Looking at a fucking iPad screen like <laughs> No, you don't have that whole camaraderie, being in a pit. Uh, is it, a show is supposed to be a physical assault. You know, you're you're supposed to be touching other people, being your bubbles supposed to be compressed, and you're supposed to be getting sonically assaulted, which is something that you can't get in the streaming experience. Well, we literally live in the only time in history where human beings haven't come together. You know, like a caveman in a fucking cave with a big drum. You know, this has been for all time. So this is not natural. This is, this is bizarro world from Superman. I just can't wait till it's over. I, I never knew how much I loved touring. I love it. I love going on tour. I love the tour bus. I love it. It's my home. The fucking feeling of being in the back lounge after a show 
with my friends watching a movie or listening to some heavy metal, cruising down the road, looking out the window. It's it's that's the life for me. That's what I enjoy. I really do. Some people can't handle the road, but some people get addicted to the road, and I that's me. I I love it. I I don't I don't I don't know what to say. I didn't know how much I loved it until I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> It's true. It's true. No worries. This is a, a Vox Populi Brewing Company's Fruit Punch IPA. It is the little sister to their Double Fruit Punch. It just came out. It is a dumbed-down version versus a double IPA. This is a single IPA, 6% from here in Montreal. Talk to me about beer. Tell me about if you are into craft beer, if you do drink craft beer. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I'll tell you my history of beer. I am a Canadian, so I grew up loving beer my grandma used to let me sip her beers i don't know if that was good or not <laughs> should export a fuck yes but i really dug that when i when i became you know somewhat old enough to drink maybe a little before that i really loved labatt's blue was my favorite yes. I don't think labatt's blue tastes the same now as it did then i, I could be wrong i don't know but I, I remember I loved Labatt's Blue. Then in um, Skid Row, we started traveling the world, and I found out that Canadian beer was better than American beer, number one. <laughs> I had more alcohol. Yeah. Then I found out about these other beers, like Duval, mm -hmm. which had 13% alcohol <laughs> so we put it on our rider <laughs> we had a case cases of duval <laughs> backstage at skid row shows which so got dangerous. everybody fucked up so that was fun um and then then the guys from high times magazine took me to a place in new york city where they showed me creek beers Lambic, yeah, fuck yeah. Frozen, that frambozen, frambozen. Yeah. Okay, those peach. Okay, right now my mouth's fucking watering, and I haven't <laughs> had a beer in a long time. I'll tell you why in a sec. But um, but that was by far the best beer that I ever tasted. Was those Creek beers? I I couldn't get enough of those fucking things. The peach lambic. Frambozen, which is raspberry, I think. That's correct. Yeah. Those tasted astonishing. Those guys from High Times were like, why don't you have a glass of this, dude? And they're pouring in these frosted mugs, like like um, milkshake glasses. <laughs> and it was so delicious. What are you? What is that? Are you drinking that one you just showed? Yeah, that's correct. There's an IPA. Nice. It is a... Uh Really, really good, clean, smooth, uh, slightly bitter. Wow. A uh, little juicy tang. Absolutely delicious. Vox Populi has been doing great stuff here in Montreal for about the past three to four or five years. Can you get that um, across Canada or, or just in Montreal? They have started in Ontario distributing some of their beers via LCBOs. I'm not sure they have this one out there, but the big sister, the Double Fruit Punch, is in LCBOs in Ontario. That's awesome. That's cool, man. Um, so, so I kept drinking beers. <laughs> I 
up to the year 2000, when I was in Jekyll and Hyde, that, that around the mid-90s, someone turned me on to Molson Ice. Yeah. For years, that was our favorite beer. And that has a higher alcohol. Yes, it does, yeah. I used to come off stage on Broadway uh, when I was doing Jekyll and Hyde. And I would have my dresser, Joe, have a cold Molson ice in the shower. Shower beers. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> so, I had come off stage fucking dripping in sweat, all crazy blood and shit all over me and sweat and fucking makeup all over me. <laughs> so I had to obviously take a shower right as I, as, and I'd say, I want a fucking beer in there every time. And I would drink my beer in the shower and I'd come out all clean. With a Molson ice in me. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Reborn. Yeah, yeah that was I've totally reborn after that shower. Yeah. Uh, so that so then I I did um, Jesus Christ Superstar, and unfortunately, this is where my beer career ended because I was going on stage in a diaper, and I was. I had to really get my body in shape, and they convinced me that it would be better to drink wine instead of beer. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to be going on stage in a diaper, <laughs> being nailed up to the cross, you can't have a beer gut. But <laughs> I was completely skinny in Jekyll and Hyde when I was drinking a lot of beer every night, but I was working every fucking night. I was a little younger. So I, I'm trying to say maybe that's not true is what I'm trying to say. Maybe maybe beer doesn't automatically make you fat, but I, I at the time thought it did. And, and, I, and, I, and I must admit, like if I would drink a six pack of beer, I could feel it like on my belly. I could feel... And I'd have to pee all the time. I don't want to rain on your beer, beer parade. You're describing my life, Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would always have to go pee all the time. And, and like, all the time. Like, like, when I'm drinking beer, I'm always in the bathroom. What the fuck? Like, if anyone that knows me is listening, they know I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Trust me. Because <laughs> be beer is like, a, you drink a lot of beer. You go, when you drink beer, you drink it like this. And then Carl Anderson, who played Judas... In Jesus Christ, he goes, Sebastian, wine is like this. You sip, you sip mm, it. It's a taste. And, and so I switched when I did that because I was desperate to look good with no shirt on on the fucking cross. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Uh, but um, so I got into wine, dude. And once I got into red wine, I, I, I became in love with red wine because... It, it 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 is a different buzz than other alcohol. But Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you that's that's bullshit. And, and I'm telling you right now, me after drinking wine is different than me after drinking Jack Daniels. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what anybody tell. I don't care what you say. It's it's different, man. It's fucking different. You know, I don't want to be a bad influence, but um, it's a bit more mellow, I would say. Yeah, and and you Jack can, Daniels yes. is pure fire. Pure fire, which I do not need 
Um, so then I so then I just developed a taste for really good wine. I don't just drink any kind of wine, and it feels good in my voice too. Actually, mm. after I scream for an hour and a half and on stage, a glass of red wine on my voice on my throat. I can't even put it into fucking words what it, what it feels like. It, it's <laughs> very interesting. And, and, and I learned that on Broadway. On Broadway, all of those productions in Times Square, after the show's done, a majority of the cast and crew go to a nice restaurant in Times Square for a meal, and they inhale red wine. And that's it. <laughs> they don't drink none of all these singers. So I'm looking around, I go, there must be something to this. And um, it just feels good on the on the voice, and uh, it's also it, I, I feel like it, it. You know, people will hate that I say this, but like, I feel like it. It makes me feel kind of healthy. Like if I if I drink red wine before I eat dinner, I'll eat less food because because the wine kind of fills you up, and so I, I'm eat I, I eat a little less. I sleep like a baby <laughs> on wine are you fucking kidding when people if people say to me oh I, I couldn't get to sleep or I'm having sleeping problems I go dude go buy yourself a bottle of red wine and drink the whole fucking thing <laughs> good night good what are you you're not gonna be up you're gonna be like this fucking dog <laughs> You're not going to be, oh, I can't get to bed. It doesn't work like that. You will go to bed. I guess. You keep drinking red wine. You're going to bed at some point during this. <laughs> when you were on Broadway, was that the most strenuous thing for your voice that you've ever done? Because I can no. imagine. No. no, no, because for for me straining my voice has to do with hearing the music like mm -hmm. when i'm when i'm playing a little club and the stage is small thank god i don't play little clubs too much anymore but sometimes i do we all do if you're on the road it happens you know not not every gig is the best in the world you know you got to get from Exactly. Fucking Alabama to fucking <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> so, exactly. So, uh, but uh, when I, nothing strains my voice more. Okay, when I'm standing next to the drum kit and my my microphone is like, I'm, I'm like between the drum set, my head, and then there's the mic. So all the drums come through the fucking mic. Mm-hmm. This is shit that people don't understand. Like, that's why you'll see me with video clips and I have, like, Bobby in the plastic shield thing. And people go, that looks stupid. I go, you have no fucking clue what it's like to try to sing I Remember You next to the drum kit. You can't hear yourself. Yeah. When, it's, when the fucking cymbals are ripping your head off, right? You know, like when it's too loud, like I can't, you can't turn down cymbals. Yeah, you want them to hit hard anyways. Yes. But if you're, if the stage is this big, you can't, there's no room to, to for, for the music to have space. Like this is something that fans don't understand. 
Um, but, you know, it's a lot different. The, the way I learned to sing, how I started in Skid Row, was all arenas. Like, when, when you're singing in an arena, the Montreal Forum, and you go, it fucking goes around the form like like <laughs> I got chills in my it's it's it it floats through the air you know in a tiny little club where the amps are too loud and the bass amp is too loud the guitars everything's too fucking loud you can't you just can't get that musical thing unless you play at a super low volume which we which we try to do um, in a club. Uh, but then you'll get a fan who's standing right in front of the guitar amp, right? And you're over here, and they'll look at you and go, I can't hear you! I can only hear the track! Oh, you're standing right in the fucking front of the fucking amp! Like, what? I, I don't know what to tell you! Stand over here where you can hear the PA! Like... But you've probably seen clips of me on stage lose my fucking mind because I, I get mad. I'm like, <laughs> but this is why a lot of bands use tapes because that eliminates every everything I'm talking about. They just get up there and and move around and do the moves, and there's and there's no <laughs> there's no guitar amps. You know, it's just exactly, a, yeah. just just a tape going. Yeah, but I mean, I can never see myself doing that. But the older I get, I feel like a pariah because, you know, a, a lot of the opening bands that I, that we take out use tapes. And, and it's awkward. It's it's awkward because we come out there, we go, hey, motherfucker, this is 100% live, you motherfuckers. None of this pussy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're at the and merch tables. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I <laughs> we don't need no fucking tapes of this fucking band and the whole crowd goes <laughs> and that means that. that means sometimes there'll be mistakes and that's okay well it's okay the mistakes are more to do with hearing it than yeah. singing it that's what people don't get they don't understand that you know if you can't hear it, you can't. You cannot be accurate. And if it's too loud, you can't hear it. And that's another thing. People are like, "Turn it up." I I remember I uh, did a show Norway Rock with Motorhead, and Lemmy asked me to sing, and of course I said yes. I go, I fucking love Motorhead. I get up there. loudest band in the world. <laughs> and it was so loud. I go to Lemmy. I go. What fucking song is this? <laughs> I had no idea what song it was. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> well, well, it's because you said, "Was that the most strenuous for your voice, Broadway?" No, because there's no. You hear yourself really good on Broadway. That's the feature. The 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 um, the uh, orchestra is in the pit, like twenty feet away from you. It's all about singing and, and but that feeling, of, which I said, the Montreal Forum. That's what Broadway is. That hmm. you're there to, to not strain your voice. Clubs and rock and roll. If it's if it's too loud all the time, that that strains your voice. Yeah. 
Anyway, you know what? A weird, a weird thing is, is that talking during the day, the worst. That strains your voice. I, uh, the older I get, I read a, I read an article, uh, Ian Gillen, from Deep Purple, and they said, "What's your, uh, what's your secret to to lasting this long? Um, still singing, amazing." And Ian's answer, he said, he said that he learned a long time ago. The day of the show, he rests as much as possible. He goes, I fuck it. He, he, he's, he described, he goes, if I'm singing that night, I'm playing, I go, I rest the whole day. I rest as much as I can. And then he said, I used to go out sightseeing. I used to do the same thing. I used to go sightseeing on the day of a show, like, like to museums. And then I get on stage, I'd be like, I'm just kind of fucking tired, man. I do. <laughs> you can't be out gallivanting around. I remember one time in Brazil, I had the bright idea to go running the day of the show. Like, go running. I go five miles, four miles. Fuck it, I'm a badass, man. So I get up and I go running. I get on stage and I am dragging ass. <laughs> this is before I read that article. <laughs> Before I, re I read this article, I go, Duh! I go, I'm gonna try this, <laughs> and so that's what I do, and and it makes me enjoy being on the road more because I get to the gig, and I'm I'm ready to have fun, and and I've got energy, and thank you, Ian Gillen, thank you. I can rest too, dude. I'm a good rester. <laughs> good advice. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick myself if I don't talk about your acting career because uh, I love, loved you in Trailer Park Boys. I, I am a huge, huge, <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I, <laughs> I'm People Canadian. People love it. People I'm love it. <laughs> Guess what, dude? It's not just big in Canada. That's what I thought. I went to see them live in concert. Um, in New York City and then in LA I've seen them a bunch of times and I didn't know what to expect going to see them live in America I thought they were Canadian all about Canada they're fucking huge in America in LA the show was insane it was they're, they're Australia huge England UK fucking legendary all over the world but you know like in canada when i walk down the street that's what i get noticed for the most really is trailer park boys no people, fucking way people can't believe it <laughs> no <laughs> fucking way like, you like model fucking trains <laughs> people can't believe it oh, that, that's they love the trailer park boys in canada for sure and then the opposite opposite spectrum is the Gilmore Girls. So, so do, yeah. is this something that you want to do? Do you want to keep acting? Is it something that's important to you? And do you feel like you've been typecast? No, I haven't been typecast because I've done, you know, Trailer Park Boys and Gilmore Girls. Definitely not typecasting. That's two diff different roles. But um, it, it, it all depends on the role for me, like what the role is. Like when I did Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway, it was incredible because. I'm a Marvel Comics fan. I bought Jekyll and Hyde Marvel, Marvel Classics Comics in 1975 when I was like seven when it came out. And being Mr. Hyde and, and having fucking 
fire bombs on stage and smoke and beating people up with a with a stick and you know getting the girl and it, it was so <laughs> awesome, dude. But then I got an offer to do Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> And they wanted me to be the dream catcher, the evil guy with the fucking scissors who comes out and and it was only one song, a show, and and uh, and my and I I I just couldn't go to my website and type in the words, <laughs> "Hey man, come see me in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang." I couldn't fucking do it, and my agency got so mad at me. They're like, are you fucking crazy? They go, do you understand what an actor would do to be on broad, to have a career of playing these roles? This is what every actor aspires to do. And you're turning it down. I go, I go, I don't know what to say. I go, I can be Jekyll and Hyde, but I can't be Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I just... <laughs> Then they all, then I got an offer to do um, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go. I didn't know anything about it. So I watched the movie. I go. This is the worst fucking piece of shit movie I've ever fucking. I go. This is the most boring, shittiest movie. <laughs> And I'm watching it, and it's so boring. And then it gets to his song, and it's to dream the impossible dream, to love the impossible love, to love. And I go, no, I, I, I'm not doing this. They <laughs> what'd you think? And I go, well, I watched the movie, and I really liked his boots. He had cool boots. He had cool, he had cool tan color leather cowboy boots. That was the only thing that I had good to say. I go, I like his boots. We can get them on stage soon. So it's all when you said, would you like to do more acting? I, I, I would like to do it depending on the role. I would love to do anything Marvel. Anything, mm. and I, because I collect Marvel and I'm passionate about it, and uh, I know all the characters. I I know the I know what they are about because I've I've collected those comics. I tried to to be the Green Goblin when Spider Man was on Broadway, but I couldn't couldn't get. I guess they don't like me or something. But uh, <laughs> I I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to be the Green Goblin that they had with the metal costume i wanted to be like the 70s green with the green face mm -hmm. paint and the fucking that would be killer and i could play that great i could i, I really could but broadway doesn't exist anymore so i don't know <laughs> what we're talking about <laughs> maybe someday how about a, a, a one day a, a biopic i think that you you are living such an amazing life i, well, I think it's it's something that i would like to watch well, they, they made a movie out of the dirt, and that was uh, Motley Crue's book. And my book, 18 and Life on Skid Row, sold a hell of a lot of copies. And so if if one rock book could get 
made into a book another one could you know i think it's only a matter of time like you know because they run, they're going to be running out of bands <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when, when Def leopard got in the rock and roll hall of fame phil Collins goes they're fucking they're running out of band like who like everybody's got an award like <laughs> oh, Sebastian, one last question uh, you drink red wine so it doesn't happen but uh, when it does happen because we're human and sometimes it does what is your hangover cure dude I do get hangovers and, and let me tell you I, I am drinking less in the pandemic good for you when this, yeah. when this first happened this pandemic I did not drink any red wine or any alcohol at all for like two weeks or three and that's a lot for me <laughs> because I was I was so freaked out. I, I was so and and I also in the pandemic, if I get a hangover, I think I might be getting sick. Mm-hmm. I go, am I hungover? Am I fucking? Sick? So I don't want to. I don't want to feel like that. So I I've been drinking less. A lot of people have been drinking more. I mean, I I I've tried to drink, but it, it, let me put it to you this way. I have discovered that it's a different buzz driving down the road in a tour bus after a concert with your buddies drinking wine than it is sitting alone in your house for seven months in a pandemic. It's a different buzz. Absolutely. (laughs) Different buzz. Absolutely. Different feeling. Fucking different feeling. That's a sad thing to say, but it, I will say I enjoy like, like being with my wife, uh, watching the sun go down, watching the sunset, having a glass of wine. That's very, very pleasurable, but having a hangover in a pandemic is not pleasurable because things are shitty enough without being hungover. (laughs) So, you know, my, my, my cure would be in Canada. It would be Harvey's. Harvey's burgers. Really? Okay. With extra pickles. Fuck yeah. Those are fucking delicious. Delicious. <laughs> do they have Harvey's in Montreal? They absolutely do. They absolutely do. That was my favorite place to go when I was in, a little kid in Peterborough. Uh, my parents used to take me to Harvey's too. That was our, our, our night out. <laughs> Sebastian, thank you so, so much yes. for take, taking some time, having a thank chat with you, me, dude. talking about your life, your music, and talking about drinking some alcohol. I really, really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, you're a living legend, and I'm really, really stoked that I got the chance to talk to you. I am very stoked that I came on your show, and I am, fingers crossed, <laughs> <laughs> that we will be playing the Corona Theater with special guest Stitched Up Heart. Was an awesome band. The show's booked. The tickets are sold. We are doing everything we can, which is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All I can say. You're ready to go. You're ready to go if you can go. We are supposed to be coming to Montreal when Americans are allowed to enter Canada. Perfect. Perfect. And I'll be there, and we'll come hang out. Right on, dude. You drink beer, I'll drink wine, and we'll meet at the same side, at the other side. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so, so much. All right, man. Thank you very much. Have a good one. 
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great episode. Sebastian was absolutely amazing. I had such a great time. I don't think that I have laughed as much during an interview as I did during this one. Out of all of the episodes I've ever done, I had an absolute blast. I had a great time during the interview, and I was even chuckling as I was editing it the other day. Uh, Just absolutely amazing. So much fun. What a great, great singer. I love that he sings every day and that he's keeping his voice in shape. What a living legend. I am so stoked that I had the chance to chat with Sebastian Bach. If you enjoyed this episode, you should most definitely subscribe to the Vox and Hops podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. That way you can go back and check out over 180 amazing episodes where I hang out with my friends and talk about their lives, music, and all about craft beer. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I have two more episodes coming up, one on Thursday and one on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.